0: Hi, it's Tony and Jenny Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online. Every week, we work hard at giving you the best real ghost stories we can find for free through the podcast. But producing and maintaining the show isn't so free for us,
1: and that's why we're asking for your support.
0: If you like the show, please become an EPP—that's an Extra Podcast Person—through the button at realghoststoriesonline.com. As an EPP, you'll get an additional bonus, exclusive episode of the show to enjoy every weekend. Plus, you'll have access to our exclusive EPP video content and backlog of exclusive EPP bonus episodes as well.
1: It's only five bucks a month for all these extras
0: and your support helps to keep our daily free version of the show alive and on the air.
1: Become an EPP now at RealGhostStoriesOnline.com. Please
0: and thank you. Welcome to Real Ghost
2: Stories Online. Call in your Real Ghost Story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You're about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost
0: Stories Online. Tonight, family vacations to historic locations can be a great way to learn about the past, but the most memorable part of one family's trip is the mysterious lady in the window. After new parents bring home their baby girl, they soon realize she may not be the only child that they brought home from the hospital. And a woman passes a peculiar stranger in the hallway only to realize he vanished seconds later. Where did the man in the blue suit go? Those stories, your calls, and more tonight... On Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. Hello. Hello. Happy uh, happy post-holidays.
1: Yeah. Well, post, well,
0: post-holiday. Yeah. We're done with one.
1: Or on our way to the big one.
0: Yeah. Cajun turkey, success.
1: <laughs> Especially when you don't fry it yourself, right? I
0: agree. Um, you know, I'm kind of just sitting here going, uh... I don't know. It's it, it's sacrilegious for me to begin with to like not do the the cooking myself. So I'm just kind of like uh you know having mixed feelings about it to begin with but enjoying the idea of not doing it myself, but just the fact that we did not do it myself and just the ease of it. I like that.
1: And this is coming from the man that catered his own wedding.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just it, it's you know, I I don't want to like go down the route of like easy for everything, but I don't know. Sometimes it's just not a bad idea.
1: Well, especially since, you know...
0: When it's done right. I think that's key.
1: And Harper's so little, it's so much easier at this age to just enjoy the holiday and not worry about that and the cleanup.
0: I agree. And and that's a big part of it. And, And when it's done right, when you get the food from a place that it's actually cooked correctly and you're not like, oh, it's just you know, just shit thrown at you and it's like pre-cooked stovetop or something, you know? Sure. That, it's like, yeah, I, I would be, I'd have issues with that. But the fact that it was actually done nicely, it was cooked correctly, it was done with some care, I like that.
1: It had your stamp of approval.
0: It does, yeah. Yeah, so that that, that makes it much, much better. But I, I don't know, I think as the girls get a little bit older and as they can help a little bit more, it may go back more to doing everything at home. Well, sure. But right now... It, it's not bad. No. I really, I enjoy that that aspect of just kind of having everything right there. Yep. Not bad. It was pretty tasty. Um, uh, what, what's your favorite Thanksgiving side or, or food or other than turkey? Stuffing. Is it the stuffing?
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: What what type of stuffing?
1: Um, the closest that I can find to what my grandmother makes. And it's a little bit of a spicy sausage stuffing.
0: Was it was it, was it cornbread that your yeah. grandmother made? Okay. Yeah. Is it a southern thing that it's always cornbread? Because I, I never had like cornbread stuffing until I moved down here.
1: I don't know if it is or not. That's just the or way. it's just how
0: she did it. Yeah,
1: that's the way yeah. my family's always done it.
0: Yeah. I have to say I love the cornbread. Mm-hmm. We just always had the regular old crouton type stuffing. And I love that. That's That's really tasty. But when you take the, essentially the ingredients from the original cornbread stuffing... Uh, Or the original uh, non-cornbread stuffing, actually, and then add the cornbread to it. That's what makes it really good. It's kind of the fusion of the two things. So you get the cornbread in there and all the seasonings and everything else, just the regular old crouton stuffing. That's what I like.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: So let's uh, kick off the show tonight. A letter Jessica writes in. Hi, this is Jess from Chicago. I thought I would just send in some uh, short stories from my childhood and now. Uh, I actually wanted to tell you about my experiences I've had on vacations. My family and I like to go to old places like American Indian ruins, old plantations, caves, things of that nature, and we have always made it a point to find out if any of these places are haunted after the tours are over. over There was a plantation we visited in Tennessee called Carter House. The house is a family home that was standing during the Civil War. It was later used as a hospital where they brought the wounded soldiers, and tried their best to save their lives or their limbs. To this day, you can look down at the wooden floors and see bloodstains of the soldiers who lay dying. The tour was amazing. We had a group of ten people, including myself and my three family members. While we were walking into the rooms, the tour guide closed the door behind himself and began explaining what the room was used for. As he was talking, my Mother looked down and noticed the doorknob was jiggling at the same time. The tour guide turned around and asked himself, Oh, did we leave someone out? Well, when he turned the knob and opened the door, no one was there. My mother gave my family a shocked look, and the tour guide simply closed the door and continued on. Later, we found out the plantation was or is haunted and they have a trailer parked a few feet away from the house where you can see some of the ghosts captured on camera. There was one picture of a little girl, they say. They see her often around the house. I can't quite remember if it was this plantation or another, but at one house, my father wanted to get a picture of my sister, mom, and I standing in front of the house. We positioned ourselves to hold each other, and and father captured the picture of us with the house later. After development, my father was looking at pictures and he noticed something odd. Looking at the picture of us in front of the plantation home, he noticed a woman standing by the window. He freaked out and began showing us the window, swearing no one was there when he took the picture. We later looked up the plantation to see if there was any hauntings or stories about it and found that it is quite common for tourists to get a picture of the lady standing in the window. Many folks say that it is the woman of the house, a mother or a slave who used to work there, but they always see a woman standing in the particular window where we caught the ghost. I still have the picture, but it's packed away with my other albums, so I'll look for it one day and may send it in. It's also important to explain that while my sister and dad were in the house taking pictures, my mom and I walked to the back towards the slave quarters. My mom began to explain the story of the house, saying that one of the slaves had killed the wife of the husband who owned the property. She was telling me the story and walking around a few artifacts. We distinctly heard a woman start laughing. My mom and I stopped and we hushed each other to see if it was coming from somewhere else. However, the sound had been near us and no one else was there. My mom and I are convinced it was the slave woman who murdered the wife. Another story deals with another plantation home. Again, I can't quite remember which one. We visited so many, but this one was truly the most frightening. During the tour, it was explained by the owners that during the 1800s, he had built a tomb or a building for the dead family members by the plantation. The building was tiny. It had a black gated door. The only way to see inside, even during the daytime, was to shine a light inside. My sister claims it. While the rest of the tour was leading us to the house, she had looked over and swears saw two older women, dressed in black gowns and wearing veils, walking towards the tomb slowly together. She shook her head and decided to keep walking, ignoring the strange vision. After the tour was over and my sister was explaining to my family what she had seen, we walked over to the tomb. My dad was taking pictures with a flash on to see inside the building. My mom and I began to shout inside because it echoed, and we were having fun, of course. Now, as I think about it, it was very disrespectful of us to do it, but at the time, we just thought it was a building. My dad began to do the same thing and asked if there was anything inside. After he asked, the whole area became extremely quiet. We couldn't hear a thing, not even the tourist in the background by the house. The next part happened so quickly, I can't even believe it happened. But as I uh, started into the small tomb, a strong gust of wind blew past us and we heard a man laughing and crackling loudly. It was coming from the tomb. His voice echoed loudly and it almost felt like he was laughing in our faces. It lasted for only a few seconds, but in those seconds, my family and I just stared at each other, shocked at what, what had happened. After that, all sound came back, and as I turned around to ask my family if they had heard what I had heard, I saw my dad speed walk down the road towards the car. He had taken off in fright and left us there. As I watched him go, my mom and sister were rambling. Did you hear that? My gosh, it was a man. He must have hated that we were laughing and goofing around. I began to yell at my dad for leaving us, and we simply walked away, trying to figure out what happened. It didn't scare us. Well, not all of us, but it really was something to be shocked about. My dad pretends sometimes he didn't hear it when we talk about it, but sometimes he'll agree he did hear it. I think he just doesn't like to admit he was a total chicken and left us there to save himself. (laughs) Anyway... I've got more stories for you all. Ones including my grandfather and his house and a good Gettysburg one that ends on a funny note. Usually, my stories do end with something funny happening, mostly because my family is so used to this stuff. Anyway, thanks for everything. I love you guys, as does my mom, and I listen to your show at least once a week so as not to get too frightened. Have a great day, and God bless. I think that's so
1: neat that they went to places like plantations to visit when they were kids you know I've never been to one I've always wanted to go and see them mm-hmm. that's probably partly I think because of my fascination with Gone with the Wind but sure. uh, have you ever been anywhere near a plantation
0: I haven't been anywhere far in the south uh the furthest uh in the south I've ever been was like down to well I mean in Florida I've been like to the tips of Florida but I've never been to like uh you know, the plantation area of like Mississippi or Louisiana or Texas or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I've been like Dallas. Yeah. But uh, other than that, I I think other than like going to Disney world in Orlando, the furthest in the South, South, South that you consider the South is really like Dallas.
1: Well, we're going to fix that.
0: Yeah. I'd be very interested to see much more of that area.
1: Well, I think if everything works out right, We're going to try and go to Georgia in January.
0: That would be the plan, yeah.
1: So if any of our listeners are out in the Atlanta and or Savannah area, Mm -hmm. let us know. Let us know what we should do, what we should see, where we should stay.
0: Yeah, in fact, if there's any listeners in the uh, Savannah area or Atlanta area that uh, have some suggestions, some ideas... Uh, or would like just to meet up with us, and uh you know maybe we'll go out for a beverage uh and and a, a an appetizer or dinner or something and talk about some spooky stuff about your area uh email Jenny yeah, and uh we can uh, chat about that and maybe we'll be able to made it, meet up and uh, discuss some areas to go check out maybe you can even show us around a little bit
1: that would be great of
0: the uh the savannah or Atlanta area sometime. Uh, in the coming months, and your email is uh, is what Jenny at realghoststoriesonline.com? dot com.
1: Yep, and it's uh, Jenny with a Y.
0: So J E N N Y at realghoststoriesonline.com. dot com. Yep. So shoot her an email, and uh, we may uh, maybe able to meet you, and we'll uh, we'd love to to get some some inside knowledge on the areas, and uh, maybe even do a show from down there.
1: That would be great. You know, that would be. We can great. connect
0: some folks from the area. Uh, or if you're in the surrounding areas and are willing to, you know, kind of travel in for a night or so, we can uh, discuss all that via email and maybe uh, do a, a show somewhere. Maybe just in the corner of a pub somewhere. But, a pirate's uh, house. Yeah, get the get the microphone out, and we can we can certainly do it. We can pretty much do a show literally anywhere. That's that's the beauty of this is we with our mobile microphones we can just record and go. Mm-hmm. So we could have a lot of fun with that. So if you're in that area, I'll let Jenny know and uh, we can probably do a fun on-location show coming up here in uh, in January or February sometime. So that'll be fun. Yeah, I, I'm excited. There, there's, there's some neat stuff around there that I'm really anxious to see. Anxious, honestly, a little bit scared. But really? A little bit. I mean, because it's... Uh, especially Savannah. Because there, there's some stuff there that's really, you know...
1: Why are you scared? I'm the one that gets picked on.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm not like... Like I'm not gonna do it, scared, but a little bit, kind of. This is gonna be a real, authentically creepy experience, and I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited and kind of scared at the same time, but I'm all about it.
1: I feel like I'm in line to ride the biggest roller coaster ever.
0: Yeah, that's kind of like how I feel. It that, that's that's the scary feeling I feel is the roller coaster feeling.
1: And not only that, I feel like I'm in line to ride the biggest roller coaster ever, and I'm a puker. That's how I feel.
0: I'm not going to projectile vomit on anyone. No. that much. No,
1: but that's the kind of anxiety I have. I can't
0: promise Jenny won't, but...
1: Yeah, never can promise <laughs> Jenny won't puke. So,
0: Just uh, bring your barf bag. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Hey, if you like the show, make sure you tell a friend about it. Share a link on Facebook or Twitter and support the show. That's what helps to uh, keep us alive. Let's go to another phone call. Hi.
2: Hi, guys. This is Officer P. I'm from uh, the greater Chicagoland area, and police officer on the suburbs. Uh, I want to say, first off, I love you guys' show. do a great job, especially I get to listen to them when I'm out of patrol and I nobody's around. Guys, the mood for me. <laughs> anyway, I uh, just wanted to call in and share uh, a couple of stories about the house in at the in. Um, first of all, I'll give you a little bit of backstory about the house. It was my, grandfather's. my grandfather passed away in 2000 when I was 13. He left the house to me and my brother. And since we got up to 13, he was 15 at the time. My parents took the reins and rented it out for a few years. Uh, come 2007, we were moving into the house, and I was the first one up there. And I moved in. I was living there alone for about three months before my brother eventually moved in anyway uh, the first week that I was there I was doing my pre-bed door check and borderline OCD will be able to go to sleep before I can make sure all the doors are locked in the house so I'm checking the, checking the house and there's three exterior doors in the house one in the basement one facing south and one facing north on the second floor and the last one I check is the north facing second floor door that's on the sun porch I go check the door it's all buttoned up and I turn around to walk back from the kitchen and down the hall to my room uh, as I was turning around I caught the I caught the outline of a figure I was sitting in a chair that we had out there one of my grandfather's old sun porch smoking chairs to use a pipe smoker that was his self built little smoking lounge. So quickly stop and have that moment of of hearing the headlights where i frozen. I turn real slow to look. And see what looks like my brother sitting in a chair. But it wasn't my brother, No, I knew that for a fact. He was out of town that weekend, he was two states away. So I'm sitting there petrified thinking there's someone someone sitting in my 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 house so I'm trying to think of what I'm going to do and I look back and we lock eyes and he's got this real real gray tone to him and he just kind of smiles so I could I was petrified I couldn't think couldn't couldn't move couldn't react so I blink twice real slow and by the time I blinked the second time, he vanished. It's gone. And I stood there, looking the room for a few seconds to see if maybe, maybe he moved or something, if he was actually still there. No, it's gone. So I go back to, I go back to my bedroom and lock the bedroom door. And I just kind of stayed awake all night, just listening and seeing if anything was going to happen. I had this. <laughs> and, uh, my grandfather actually left me a. Uh, we found in his house after he passed away a uh, 1920s police billy club. <laughs> I was hanging on to that all night, just waiting to see if I heard anything. So I, I, I eventually, you know, passed out later, way later that night. So and then next day I woke up, up and then and I remember seeing my grandfather's wedding photo from all those years ago, a splitting image of my, of my brother. So I put two and two together and realized that that was probably the ghost of my grandpa. And then a couple of, a couple of weeks went on and so I was still living up there by myself. I finally moved most of my stuff in there. I finally got my TV and in, in my bedroom and so I had something to watch and something to, something to pass the time. And one night and, and well, sorry, I'm kind of off track here. It's been one hell of a night. Um, usually i fall asleep to DVDs because we didn't have uh, didn't have cable hooked up to the house yet. And we were, we were still in the process of that, so I, would have, I had my DVD player hooked up to my TV, and that's what, I'd throw a DVD in as I was falling asleep for the night, and, and that was that. Usually I would, I would fall asleep and the DVDs would be going, and then eventually the DVD player would turn itself off and just leaving a blue screen emanating from my television. And one night i woken up several hours after the DVD player had turned off blue light on my television and in my room I only had a few had a few things I had my bed, a a dresser that had my TV on top of a few drawers and I had a kitchen chair where I kept all my folded clean laundry I hadn't really gotten too much of an organizational structure in there, It's still kind of settled and it was what it was and I woke up to the blue screen of the television, cascading light on when I saw someone sitting in a chair right next to my door. The door was closed, locked, So there was no way anyone came in, unless I unless heard of it, they forced away the room. So it was the same thing, it was the same. It was the same person I saw that at the first week when I moved into the house just sitting in the sitting in the chair smiling, rocking back and forth. And this time I, I thought to spoke to speak to it. Said so kinda of got up shakily and, and and had to try a couple times before words actually came out, but and I said I said, Hey grandpa, is that you? Is that you? And he just smiled and nodded at me. It's like he leaned forward and was, was was gonna say something, but maybe he just vanished. He's gone. And those were the those were the two instances where I actually saw him, that I personally saw him. And when eventually, when everyone moved into the house and everyone was living there, so we would always we would always smell this very distinct pipe tobacco smell, as he used to buy this certain kind of pipe tobacco from someone in the city in downtown Chicago, in a Polish neighborhood. It's very distinctive some hickory cherry wood <laughs> flavor that I just I will remember until the day I die. And, and we'll just get phantom whips of that. It's multiple family members. It's me, my mom, my brother. Lots of different th- lots of different people. Of course First my, well, my 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 father these are his parents he thinks we're all full of shit. So <laughs> um the last instance with this house I'll share with you tonight uh we had a band going me and my brother a few other buddies of ours and we before before anyone really moved up to the house in early 2000 2007 we used the band, we used the house the basement as practice space man said the so half soft basement it was perfect no one no one could no one would complain about the sound we could practice a bit if you want suppose what it was anyway it was one night where everyone was, you know, meeting up or everyone was trickling in and I was there and the drummer was there and my brother was there. We were all in the basement just planning, planning out the practice and just, you know, talking, shooting shit. And the other guitar player in the band was keenly late. He didn't show up late to practice almost every time he could touch a clock by. it, But I hear him come in and he just not He doesn't come into the basement like he usually does. He opens the door and walks straight upstairs. And hear him open the kitchen door. Say hello, hello, hello. And he went home? And we yell up to him, Hey, hey, we're down here. Comes downstairs and says, Oh, I thought you guys were upstairs. I know. Like, All three of the people in the house are downstairs. Why would you think that? And he says, Oh, I thought I saw I saw you talking to me. He said, Oh, I thought I saw your brother standing looking down in the window on the porch. <laughs> And we all just, and I just kind of smiled and looked at him. I'm just like, well, you just met your grandpa. <laughs> I think he likes you. <laughs> so, and it, it made the hair on his back, his back stand up for a little bit. He was a little bit weary being in that house alone from that point forward. But uh, these are all good experiences. And, uh, and yeah, I hope to hear it on the show. I got some more stories for in the house and my family is. Terrible, terrible. Those I'll call, call for back for to some work. of those later. Uh, again, keep up the good work, guys. Love the show. And
1: yeah,
2: we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye.
1: Well, thank you for calling in and taking time, obviously from your shift to do that.
0: Yeah, uh, thank you for your service. Because I mean, I, I absolutely love the police. We, uh, my cousin's a, an officer back in my hometown, and you guys deal with so much shit. So it, it's good to hear, uh, you know, from you and. Here's some of these stories, you know.
1: And it's nice to know that when things are quiet, he has time to listen and we get him through his night shift. Oh, yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah, I
0: love you guys. So thank you again. Um, What do you think about the story?
1: I like it. I like that it's the grandpa that is still haunting the house. I do think it's funny, though, that the ghost of grandpa doesn't look like the grandpa as he knew him, but a younger version, which looks like his brother.
0: Which is interesting. I mean, it, it kind of opens up a whole question of okay, when you come back as a ghost, if you come back as a ghost, sure, if you have the option to come back as a ghost, do you get to choose how you come back? Did he choose to come back as the younger version of himself, or does it, does it just kind of work that way? I mean, that that's that's something that really it doesn't really bother me about you know ghosts, but it, it it's it's. Inquisitive, I don't know what the word is, you know, it, it makes me really just kind of wonder how does that work?
1: I know, and I don't know that we'll ever understand that as to why, sure, you know, why some look like the way mm-hmm. we knew them, why some are younger, why some are shadow people.
0: I, mean, I think ideally, you'd want to come back as like the most idyllic version of yourself, you know, of what you'd consider your most idyllic version, and maybe an older version of yourself, too. There's nothing wrong with going. I really was proud of myself as a senior, and I like how I looked there. Sure. And there may be the, I really was proud of myself as I looked at 45, or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. Do you get to choose that, or is it just kind of, here you go? I don't know. <laughs> you know? know. <laughs> that's uh, that's something that really kind of makes me wonder about the whole ghost thing.
1: I think it's funny, though, that his... Uh younger version of his grandfather looks like his brother that's how it is with my family my brother is the spitting image of my dad's dad when he was younger yeah it's really interesting
0: it is when you see those photos it's like oh my god Uh uh-huh yeah it's interesting how that like like kind of almost you know i mean it wasn't necessarily skipping well it was skipping from generation it It was because
1: christopher and my dad they kind of you know they kind of Resemble, mm-hmm. but nothing like my brother, my grandfather.
0: It looked more like your grandfather could have been his father, uh huh, than your father right. being his father. Just it, it's weird how that jumps, yeah, and it happens a lot. It, it's it's really it, it's interesting, even in um in in our littlest one, in Harper, I see a lot of my grandma.
1: Oh really? In her and,
0: of Avis, uh-huh. my my grandma, and you never met Avis, but no. um, but. Like I you know, I mean, I only knew my grandma from about the age of, you know, 60 plus, but there, you know, she was very kind of animated, kind of Lucille Ball-ish,
1: uh-huh.
0: and I, I've seen younger pictures of my grandma, and just kind of expression-wise, and just how she reacted to things, and I see a lot of that in, in Little Harper, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny, because it's like, oh my gosh, it's like, I haven't seen that expression since davis you know <laughs> and there she is just giving it right off it's just it's funny how huh? that that sort of stuff just skips generations and sometimes it's probably never even known or noticed just because not all generations are that close to their previous generations to know you know what those you know what the grandparents did or acted like right you know it's it's interesting but um very very fun nonetheless marco writes in hey uh, jenny and tony my name is marco I'm from the uh, south uh, suburbs of Chicago. First off, it's like a Chicago night here.
1: I guess so. (laughs) We have
0: our friend who just uh, called in. uh, He was an officer in uh, the suburbs of Chicago, right? Yeah. So here's another Chicago story. First off, I want to say I really dig the show. You guys have great chemistry on the air. Tony, you often make me chuckle out loud, and I can only imagine the looks. Jenny must shoot your way with some of the things you say. You can only imagine.
1: True story. (laughs)
0: I have a constant uh, rotation of paranormal UFO-themed podcasts that I listen to all day, every day, while at work. And I love that I can listen to a new episode every day. Most of my other favorite podcasts are weekly fare, so thank you for the constant entertainment. You are welcome. I want to share my story with you about the spirit of a boy who followed my ex-wife and I home from the hospital. In January 2013, my then-wife spent uh, premature labor with our daughter who decided she wanted to enter this world three months early. She has some cool parents. I don't blame her. Coming in a tiny two pounds, 13 ounces, she spent the next two and a half months at the at the, uh, neonatal intensive care unit at the NICU, a children's hospital in Chicago. My ex and I spent every moment we could with her side. I didn't know children could even come in and survive at that weight. Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah, especially, like, multiples. Um, When they, you know, even, like, full-term multiples, they can be that little. Wow. Yeah.
0: Harper's what, eight pounds? Oh, eight Eight-ish? pounds,
1: one ounce. Yeah. Libby was nine, too.
0: Yeah. Wow. That had to be very, very trying on you guys. Continuing on for hours and hours, day and night. She was uh, in a room with eight other premies, and uh, there were always two nurses in the room at all times, having children yourself. You know that newborns love to sleep a lot, so to pass the time, we would gossip and chat with our nurses and other parents in our pod, as they called it, and uh, got to know a lot of them quite well. One day, while the baby was sleeping, I was reading a book about hauntings and ghosts. One of the nurses took a notice, and we started a conversation about the paranormal. She related a story to me about the ghost of a young boy, four or five years old, that was seen in the NICU from time to time. Always fascinated by a good ghost story, I wanted to learn more. She said that a few of the nurses had seen him in a storage room down the hall from our pod on multiple occasions, and that no one went in there if they didn't have to, because it always freaked them out. I asked a few of the other nurses about it, and while reluctant to give me the stories, they confirmed that the first nurse had said. They also mentioned that no one likes to talk about it much because of the very real creep-out factor that it caused. Skipping ahead a little, my daughter was finally healthy and strong enough to get sent home, and my ex-wife and I were ready to start our new lives as parents. That's an odd thing started happening. The first thing we both took notice of was seeing... fleeting shadow out of the corner of our eye. Moving from one room to the next, I'd be sitting on the couch watching TV or feeding the baby. I would watch a glimpse of a shadow in the hallway darting from the bathroom to my bedroom. I always just brushed it off. We lived in a new apartment complex and I'd any weird. F- I never had any weird feelings uh, in our place before. Now our baby had always slept a Slept great at the hospital, and other than the normal waking up for a bottle during the night, slept great at our house for the first few weeks we had her home. But things seemed to change as she would wake up from her sleep, sleeping randomly, like something had startled her awake. We tried giving her a bottle, but she wasn't hungry, didn't need a diaper change, etc., one night, I glanced at the video monitor we had and noticed that the video feed was cutting in and out and the resolution get blurry, almost fading in and out. I noticed it again the next few nights, always when the baby would start crying from what appeared to be no reason. Around this time, we had one of the parents, Laura, who, who met at the NICU over for a play date with her son who was my daughter's pod mate at the hospital. The kids were sleeping, and we were having a glass of wine when Laura, in mid- mid-conversation, asked, ''Have either one of you lost a family member a young boy?'' My ex-wife looked at each other, puzzled. And the question came right out of the blue. I told her no, that we hadn't. She proceeds to tell us that she had a gift passed down from her mother... And was a medium. She said she usually doesn't say anything to people about it, but wanted us to know that there was a little boy in our apartment. She told us she saw him walk from our baby's room to our bedroom. Now my interest was piqued, and I asked Laura if she could find out anything about this boy. We walked to our bedroom, and she stood there for a while and finally started to tell us information about this boy. Laura had said that she felt like he attached himself to my ex-wife while we were in the hospital. She told my ex that she had a certain motherly aura about her that the boy gravitated toward, and when we left the hospital for good, he decided to come with us. She said he likes to sleep on the floor next to my wife's side of the bed and would follow her around the apartment all the time, not wanting to leave her side. She asked us, does Gina wake up often at night? Because the little boy was starting to try and play with her when she's sleeping at night. When she said this, everything started to get pieced together in my mind. I told her yes. She told me that he was going to keep getting more intrusive with my baby as time went on. I told her we needed to pass him over to the other side. This was not the place he was supposed to be. I've been an avid researcher of the paranormal since childhood and Laura and I decided on a course of action together. We lit a white candle and decided my wife was to be the one to do the ritual as she was the one he was attached to. We had her walk from room to room holding the candle and telling the little boy to go to the flame. This was his candle and he couldn't stay here anymore. She kept repeating it from room to room In a forceful yet motherly way This candle is for you You must go to the flame and leave This is not where you belong Go to the flame and everything will be okay I promise you will be okay But you must go After she had done this In every room of the house She set the candle down and we waited About five minutes Laura said He's going to say goodbye to the baby He's getting ready to leave not 30 seconds after that, the flame of the candle, which had been a constant heck of uh, height off the wick, grew to double its size. I watched it as it danced around for another 30 seconds or so and then returned to its previous side. Size. he's gone. He left, and he's where he should be now, Laura told us. My ex burst out in tears, and this had been an emotional thing for her to do. We're all very happy that we could help this young boy finally be at peace. After that night, the baby slept like a little angel. No longer was she waking up startled. The video monitor never cut out, and I never saw the fleeting shadows again. I truly believe we helped this boy pass on to wherever he was supposed to be. My baby has grown into a happy and healthy toddler now and can't wait until she's older to tell her the tale of the ghost boy that used to keep her up at night. I hope that Jenny enjoyed this positive ghost story. I plan to call in and tell you about the haunted water treatment plant that was converted into a caretaker's apartment that I lived in for a few years after I heard you guys on an archive show talking about water treatment plants being haunted keep up the good work guys and thanks for taking the time to hear my story hope you have a great night Mark
1: I did enjoy the positive story but the only thing that I think about is if that little ghost boy had been in the NICU unit for that long mm-hmm. he must have come in contact with all kinds of mothers and that must have been one heck of an aura for the mom to give off that the little boy chose her out of all the mothers that he's Ever seen come through there to follow her home?
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it's probably a, a judgment call on character. Yeah. You know, it, it, kids. You know, they, they know those things. It's an instinctual thing.
1: I know, but even
0: at, at a very tiny, tiny, tiny age.
1: But that's like a parade of moms. You know. At that's every, true. You know, nine to. Twelve weeks Mm -hmm. or however long the their baby has to be in the NICU unit, you know that's just. I think that's that's a a compliment in kind of a strange paranormal way. It is. It's a very (laughs) bizarre
0: compliment, but it is. Yeah, it it is in a very odd way. So, thank you for for uh, writing and sharing that story with us. We really, really do appreciate that. If you want uh, more ghost stories, become an EPP. That's an extra podcast person. You'll get uh, bonus episodes sent to you every single week and have access to our complete archive of past EPP episodes and video. It's only five bucks a month, and your support, of course, helps keep our uh, show afloat. You can sign up now at realghoststoriesonline.com. Hi.
2: Hey, Tony, Jenny, it's Scott from Portland
3: again. Um, I wanted to tell you guys a story that sort of explains uh, part of the reason why I haven't been active on the forum the past couple of days so the message boards um this has just recently happened and well i'm i guess that i had to learn the hard way that sometimes there are things that you just don't do um recently i was reading in some of the many books that i have about different paranormal things and i read about this concept of a of a mirror that you could use to sort of look at spirits um Sort of like the concept of the Bloody Mary thing where, you know, you can look into the mirror and then like, you know, stare long enough eventually you can see things or whatever. Uh, and I thought, hey, you know what, you know, if I do this right, maybe I could, uh, you know, see something, uh, which the the lesson that I had to learn the hard way was that that's stupid. It's like a Ouija board, like, why do it? but anyway, this did just happen. This was on Friday night, uh, and it's it's Tuesday morning right now, or it's Wednesday morning right now, sorry. So this was just a few nights ago. Um, anyway, so I got this mirror, and bought this, this glass, and I put this thing behind it to make it mirror-like, and I wrote like the names of angels around it, like I was supposed to, and then stuff so that I could protect myself from whatever was going to show itself or whatnot. Anyway, to make a long story short, I sat in a dark room with candles, just staring at this mirror, and eventually something did, in fact, appear there in the mirror. And I, it's hard to explain and describe, but essentially my face and its face became the same face, which is kind of creepy and terrifying in and of itself. But at the time, I didn't think anything was wrong. I just thought, hey, cool, it worked. I get to see something. Um, and there was just something looking back at me. And uh, Anyway... That's creepy looking back on it. I wasn't scared then. But the reason why I say I had to learn the hard way is because um, what happened was this was Friday early in the day uh, because I work at night. So uh, anyway, on Friday night um, around 9 p.m., I finished eating dinner and I was, you know, getting ready to go to sleep because I work early on Saturday morning. And, uh, all of a sudden I got extremely dizzy. I mean, extremely, extremely dizzy. And I, like, everything just seemed to just, everything just spin to, was spinning to the right. Like, when you spin around in a chair really fast for a while and then you stop and everything still keeps spinning, it was like that. So much that, um, that I got extremely nauseous. And when I tried to, like, correct myself and lean to the left to make it stop, um, everything just starts spinning to the left. And I eventually ended up sort of crawling into the bathroom so that I didn't vomit all over my house. Um, but uh, I, I eventually... Um, my mom, oh, fortunately, was around and she she left to go get um, stuff to find out what was wrong with me to get, like, a thermometer, to get, like, things that, that weren't there. And I just lay there on the floor in the bathroom and I couldn't figure out why I suddenly gotten really sick and I was shaking and I was dizzy and I was sweating and anyway, the thought came to my mind, like the remembering of the image and remembering the image kind of smiled at me at the end and uh, and then I, I realized that my mistake was playing with power that I shouldn't have played with so I, I said a prayer I said a couple of other things and then I, I got up I, I forced myself up off the floor I went into my room and I grabbed that mirror off my wall um, because I had it just sort of placed on my wall. I took it and I brought it outside. I broke it into pieces and I threw it away. And after I did that, everything got better. I was not dizzy anymore. I could walk, I could breathe. Um, I kept having small fits of it, but eventually it was all right. Um, I went to the hospital on Saturday to find out what was wrong with me and they couldn't find anything physically wrong with me. My blood sugar was fine, my blood pressure was fine. Um, They gave me some anti-vertigo medication, but I've only taken it for a few days and I'm already totally fine, so um, I can't explain it other than the mirror. And so, uh, that's my story, and the moral of my story is just don't mess with it. And that's it, that's really all that I need to say. If you, find, if you find a Ouija board in your, in your garage, throw it away. If you find some kind of cool thing that, you know, it's supposed to do something like show you spirits or it's supposed to tell you when they're there, just get rid of it. Um, I've deleted all of the things off my phone, the like the ghost radar stuff because I had to learn that lesson and I wanted to share that with you guys. Um, I'm okay. I haven't seen anything in any of the mirrors around my house, so that seems to be fine and and after I, after I destroyed that mirror I haven't had anything I haven't even had the the strange the, those, those night terror things just waking up in the middle of the night having something in my room I haven't had any of those either so hopefully everything's fine um, but anyway lesson to the listeners out there is
2: just say no thanks guys thanks for the show
1: Scott thanks for your call and I'm glad to hear that you're doing better but I have to say I'm surprised you've had so many good stories for us why did you feel the urge I'm just curious on that Um, and also my other question if you broke a mirror that was used and trying to I guess conjure something up do you still get seven years of bad luck
0: I don't know I
1: was thinking, oh my God, is he speechless? uh, Well, well, the seven years of bad luck
0: thing, (laughs) I never, I mean, I always just like really took those completely literally, you know, that's what I never believed ever.
1: I've always believed that.
0: Never, I've never even considered that as being a legitimate thing.
1: I won't walk under ladders either.
0: Yeah, never really followed that one either. Really? No. Seven years of bad luck, breaking a mirror? No. Don't even. Don't even consider it as being something. I mean, I, I would, con- I mean, but, I, but I'm But i much more apt to believe the idea of, you know, conjuring something up by using devices or things of that nature to bring things in. Sure. Um, but just the simplicity of breaking a mirror and bad luck. No, I don't buy that. Mm. Do you? Yes. Really? Yes. Is that why you really don't insist on breaking mirrors when we throw them away? Yep. We broke a lot of mirrors honey when we throw them away
1: <laughs> well but when we throw them away it's not really us breaking it it's the yes trash. it really it's is the trash, trash breaking, truck us. breaking it no
0: it's us throwing it in the trash can that's breaking it
1: <laughs> i don't think we've really broken a lot of mirrors that way i've
0: destroyed several mirrors that way
1: and the keyword in that sentence
0: me is, i yeah, uh-huh
1: uh, i really had never,
0: not bad luck i uh
1: no you have it knock on wood yeah maybe it's just me maybe I just kind of generally have a little bit of the leaning towards bad luck anyway and I just attribute it to whatever mirror I've broken I mean
0: I don't like like set out to break mirrors no or anything like that but it's like when we when we've gotten rid of some or purged some crap that we've had in our garage or something I'm trying to think of the mirror that I did break like it was about a year ago. But it, it was—I was trying to fit it into the garbage can, and I had to literally break it to fit it in.
1: Oh yeah, it was that one in the basement. But that one was already broken when we moved in.
0: So does it not count if it's already broken?
1: In my book, it doesn't. Okay.
0: <laughs> well, are you on the same page with the demons that are going to haunt me if I break the mirror?
1: <laughs> that's why I don't let you break mirrors.
0: Well, that's the thing. I'm—I'm I'm asking. What? If I had broken a intact mirror, would I have?
1: you'd have bad luck
0: okay but the fact that it was already broken I'm off the hook
1: that's on the previous owners and we know they had okay. bad luck
0: <laughs> they were just idiots I just kind not believe that I'm poor decision making not luck just bad decision making yeah I don't know that's uh... but other than that I have not I, I have not broken a mirror no since that was the only mirror I broke because yeah. it was already broken just trying to fit it into a garbage can yep so, alright anyone else on the mirror thing I mean I don't know I honestly, personally, I don't buy into it, but I would love to hear if somebody actually has some legitimate stories on this topic.
1: Yeah, I would too. And
0: I'm not, not, I'm not being sarcastic or bullshitting. I'm serious. I'm like, does anyone have anything where you actually did have this happen and then shit went downhill? <laughs>
1: Or home contractors that have to break mirrors when they're redoing whatever bathroom they're yeah, working on. Yeah, well, I would
0: think every home contractor would be completely cursed then, wouldn't they?
1: <laughs> yeah, in theory, In yes. theory,
0: you know? Yeah. So, Tony Wright said, hi, Tony and Jenny. I've been uh, listening to your podcast for several months now and have uh, really enjoyed it. I uh, want to share one of my paranormal experiences with you and your listeners. I lived in Lexington, Kentucky for the past 14 years, I used to be a member of an artistic co-op called Artist's Attic. And it was uh, located in the attic of a building called Victorian Square. Victorian Square is located in the center of downtown Lexington. It's essentially the city block of uh, old Victorian shops that have had their interior walls torn down and made into shun shopping area with boutiques, fine dining, office suites, and an art gallery with working artists. In the combining of the different buildings on the block, there are multiple levels of changes that occur on each floor. There are dead-end hallways and partial walls that jut out into hallways. Only the original exterior of the Victorian shops remain, hence the name. The artist's attic is on the fourth floor. The third floor has long halls with various office suites. The third floor contains many of the level changes, partial hallways and long hallways, which made... "'Several turns. "'I'd park in the adjacent parking garage "'and across into Victorian Square on the third floor. "'I'd walk uh, along the hallways across the third floor "'past many sparsely occupied office suites "'to an elevator on the opposite side of the building, "'which I would take to the the fourth floor. "'One afternoon as I was leaving, "'my hands were loaded with art supplies, "'and I was looking at the ground as I walked, "'which is my habit.' I was walking the long, narrow hallways on the third floor when I looked up just in time to see a man in a light blue suit walk across the hall from right to left and disappear behind a partial wall. Just a few weeks earlier, I had an encounter with a homeless man sleeping in the staircase of the building. This made me a little more aware of my surroundings and I instantly realized that I was a single woman alone in an empty hallway and I was vulnerable because... "'My hands were preoccupied with the large load that I was carrying. "'I realized that the man had nowhere to go "'and must be waiting behind a partial wall to jump out at me. "'I approached the partial wall where he was hiding with trepidation "'only to find that no one was there. "'There was absolutely nowhere that the man could have gone. "'Only a solid wall stood behind that partial wall, "'and I had an uh, unobtrusive way of viewing the hallway.' I would have seen him if he had stepped out uh, and gone in a different direction. Upon reflection of what I had seen, two things stood out out about his suit. It was a light blue, which is not common uh, for a suit collar in today's modern world. Might have been in the 1940s or 1950s. Also, I distinctly remember noticing that his pant legs were a little short. The hem did not even touch the tops of his shoes, which also be consistent with the 1950s men's fashions. One other fact sticks out of my mind, and he was walking from the right side of the hallway to the left side of the hallway, and I only remember seeing his left leg from about the knee down move, and his left arm from just above his shoulder down swing in stride with his step. Why didn't I see the rest of his body? What has always puzzled me is... Why did I see the apparition? Was I merely in the right place at the right time, or was this man trying to send me a message? If so, what was the message? Perhaps this was just an apparition reliving his everyday life, or was it a past event replaying itself? What significance could that event have held? It remains unexplained in my mind, and I would like to hear other people's opinions about the events I witnessed. Thank you for sharing my story, Tony from Lexington.
1: I always find it fascinating when you can see an, an apparition clear enough to know what color they're wearing, and even the style of the clothing. Mm-hmm. For her to know that it was definitely not of this time period, unless it was like some weird hipster that's not (laughs) dressing like normal. Yeah, well, here's
0: the thing. I mean, if it was indeed a homeless person, it could very well be wearing a very out-of-date...
1: Well, she doesn't think it was a homeless person, Mm -hmm. though, because she said she had had an experience with the homeless person the previous week, and she was kind of heightened alert because of that. But you're right. It could... Mm -hmm. But if he walked and then disappeared behind a wall that leads nowhere and had nowhere to go. Yeah. It was a ghost.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, th- I mean, that's certainly where I lean is more so more so t- towards like the ghost area of this thing. Um, and when you think of like homeless folks and such, they're not usually wearing suits. No. Even if it is a completely out-of-date suit, it's usually not the attire. You know, it may be out-of-date fashion, but it's usually not like a blue suit. No. So that's where I would I would start to think that it is more paranormal than anything else.
1: But to answer some of her questions, I have no idea if it was just timing or if she was meant to see him for some reason. If anything, just to let her know she wasn't alone in that hallway. Mm-hmm. It, it's hard to know. and And I get what she meant. I think she kind of alluded to, was this a residual haunting? And if so, why would they be mm-hmm. just repeating the The process of walking down the hallway.
0: Sure. Well, and with resi- re- residual type things, there's really a lot of times no method or madness to the haunting. It's just there. Yeah. It is what it is, which it may very well be what it was she was experiencing.
1: Could be. I don't know. I'd like to hear some other opinions on the forum.
0: Yeah. Let us know on the on the message board up there on the website at dot. Calm. And if you like the show, please consider supporting it and keeping us alive. Become an EPP. We'll give you a bonus episode every single week as a thank you for being an EPP. You get access to uh, all the past episodes as well. New EPP episode goes out on Saturday. So if you're listening to this on Friday, sign up right now and you will get in on that and get uh, all uh, be 14 episodes in yeah. total, extra, just uh, just for signing up. It's five bucks a month or you can do the full year, whatever you like and you'll get all those uh, bonus episodes and the satisfaction of knowing you are keeping this show alive. So check that out on the website at Real Ghost Stories online and thank you in advance for supporting us and if you already are an EPP, thank you very, very much for your support. So, until next time, for Jenny Brewski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online.